Gentlemen, are prostate problems spoiling your day or waking you up at night? Ladies, are you tired of these disruptions? Discover Prostate Perform. Formulated with clinically proven natural ingredients, Prostate Perform helps reduce the frequency and urgency of men's bathroom breaks. Why wait? Prostate Perform relieves symptoms of BPH in men so you can both get back to enjoying your favorite activities. Available exclusively at quality health food stores. To learn more, visit NewRootsHerbal.com. And to ensure these products are right for you, always read and follow the label. You're listening to an interview taken from the Tonic Talk Show and Podcast. Dr. Philip Rochadas graduated from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in 2004, preceded by an honors undergraduate degree and master's of science degree, both in nutritional sciences, from the University of Guelph. Phil practices at the Bolton Naturopathic Clinic in Bolton, Ontario, with his wife, Dr. Heidi Fritz. Philip's areas of clinical focus include mental health, autoimmune disease, and metabolic syndrome. He also serves as an associate professor at the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine, responsible for the delivery of the second-year curriculum in clinical nutrition. Welcome back to the show, sir. How are you? Thanks for having me back, Jamie. It's always a treat to be here. So today, we are going to talk about the prostate and such, which is, of course, of interest to me, being a male. For those who don't know, what is the prostate and what does it do? So the brief anatomy lesson is that a healthy prostate is about the size of a walnut. It has the bladder sitting on top of it and the urethra, which is the tube the pee goes through, goes through it. It adds certain things to seminal fluid, okay, which are important. Mm -hmm. Um, But unfortunately, over a lifetime of exposure to testosterone, this thing grows What we're here to talk about today is called benign prostatic hypertrophy, which means non-cancerous growth of the prostate. As this thing grows, it presses on the bladder. So I think a lot of us will be familiar with pregnant women saying they need to go pee all the time. That's the fetus pressing on their bladder. So as this thing grows, it presses on the bladder, and it gives the man the sensation that they need to go pee all the time. They'll complain, I wake up many times at night to go pee. As it grows, it's also crushing the urethra, the tube, going through the middle of it. So not only do you feel you need to go pee all the time, but then when you try to go pee, only a few drops comes out. So these are very common symptoms. 50% of men by age 50 will complain of these symptoms. 100% of men by age 80 will complain of these symptoms. The one thing I want to get out right off the bat is, if you have these symptoms, please don't assume it's BPH because BPH's very ugly cousin is prostate cancer. So we don't want people seeking just, oh, I'm going to grab something over the counter to help this. If you're experiencing symptoms like that, you should basically go for a simple blood test. There's also the digital rectal exam that everybody dreads. But a simple blood test will really give some good insight into, hey, is this BPH, non-cancerous growth, or may I be looking at something more serious? Okay, so that's... Obviously, very crucial advice to start. Who in general is affected by it? Is it just a function of age that we're all going to get there, or are some affected more than others? Yes, some men will suffer this quicker than others. Diet certainly plays a role. Lifestyle certainly plays a role. Yet, it is sort of an inevitable aspect of aging for men. How does diet and lifestyle impact this? Things that generally help keep hormones in check. It's the standard stuff, right? Fruit and vegetable-based diet. 
does a lot. It increases what's called sex hormone binding globulin, which will then allow there to be lower levels of free circulating testosterone. These sorts of things for, for women, that's going to, it'll protect against hormone dependent cancers for both men and women. Prostate cancer is one for men. And for BPH, same thing. It's mopping up extra testosterone. Testosterone is a driver of non-cancerous growth of the prostate. Okay. And how can you tell if you're suffering from BPH? Is it, is it just what we discussed before, the issue of having to feel like you, you may have to pee and not being able to? Or is there something more to it? Yeah, you'll have increased frequency. It's like you'll feel you need to pee all the time. And when you try to go, decreased flow rate. You know, Jamie, remember when we were like a teenager and you, you could like pee across the entire bathroom? Yep. That changes over time, right? So the, the power of urine flow and it can start to get very compromised as BPH sets in. What are we to do if we have these issues and, and we have effectively ruled out cancer? So it's, it's BPH. We're fairly certain of that. What do we do? There are a significant number of over-the-counter natural health products that have been shown to quite efficiently manage this issue. So anything that is going to achieve the outcome of shrinking the prostate will provide relief from these symptoms. If put together correctly, that relief should start happening within a week, within 10 days. Oh, wow. So it's very possible to address this concern quite quickly, but you require an appropriate combination of natural health products at the right dose that have good data that they will indeed help this issue. All right, so let's talk about those products. What are they and what sort of dosages should we be looking for? Yeah, and before thank you, it's a great before we dive into that, I'll also add this is really invasive for men, right? I've been I've had the privilege of being on this show with you and you make excellent points about the importance of sleep. Yep. And what even minor sleep deprivation does to somebody, yep. right? So we're talking about men that will be waking up four, five, six times every night to go pee. It really, really disruptive, if nothing else, to sleep, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm at, I'm at the stage where I'm waking up once, and it's a pain. You know, anything more than that, it's obviously going to affect my mood, my ability to rest and regenerate my muscles, et cetera, et cetera, for sure. Right. So it, it is something that a lot of men are, like, totally desperate almost. Like, I need help for this. I can't keep waking up. So the rock star ingredient, the one that's gotten the most research attention that I think most people are aware of is sun palmetto. Um, there is the Journal of the American Medical Association, typically known to be very negative to anything natural. They did what's called a meta-analysis. It's a very powerful tool in science. It's basically when you take every study in existence and you mathematically combine it like it's one. Mm -hmm. So they did a meta-analysis of saw palmetto comparing it to finasteride, which is the common prescription drug that will be given for this problem. And the conclusion of the meta-analysis was saw palmetto at least works just as good with fewer side effects. Okay. So you see something like that, and you're like, well, how come more people aren't prescribing it then, right? Super mm -hmm. safe, nonetheless. So saw palmetto has excellent data of benefit. Yet what we like to do in the world of natural medicine, a lot of the stuff we're using has really, really high levels of safety, mm -hmm. and then they'll work a little different from each other, yet all working towards the same problem. So we like to say, okay, what medicines have really good evidence of helping this? What is their dose? Let's combine three or four or five of these, all of them, at the same time at a proper dose. And that's when we start to get the really good outcomes that we're talking about 
big time relief from this within seven to 10 days. And I presume that there's been testing done to see that they're not contraindictive of each other, right? So if you're taking saw palmetto and you're taking other elements in your supplements, they're working together and not working against each other, right? That, that's Agreed, logical. Yeah. but this area we are talking about, this one does need a little bit of caution for okay. combining with prescriptions. Okay, let's talk so about that. The, yep. Yeah, the natural medicines that we're combining, we're not concerned about combining them yet, especially when you talk about herbs. And a lot of the things we are talking about for prostate will be herbal. Uh, you definitely want to check, you know, have a, have a go over with your physician or your pharmacist. Is it okay for me to take these herbs in combination with whatever prescription I might be taking? Okay, well, that's good advice and that's sensible, right? Like. We definitely advocate for that on the show. If you have pre-existing conditions and you're already on medications, you have to consider how everything is going to interact with each other. You have to. It's on you. Yep. Yeah. And for a handful of things I've had the privilege of being on this show with you about, we really aren't concerned about yep. interaction. You know, yep. probiotics. There's no drug you can't take a probiotic with, right? Yep. Yet, hey, when we're talking about these herbs we're talking about today, that's definitely something that needs to be reviewed. Okay. So other than the salt palmetto, what have they found to be helpful? What other ingredients? So there's four or five we're going to talk about. Another one is stinging nettle. People in the world of herbal medicine are very familiar with this herb. It's touted to help with arthritis. It's considered anti-inflammatory. The dose required to help prostate is very modest. So that's really ideal when you talk about combining a lot of things and being able to get a therapeutic dose of all of them. And we're talking about seven, eight, nine human studies that show you get stinging nettle, and over a period of time, you get relief from symptoms of BPH. Okay. Another one would be plant sterols. So I think people will be more familiar with plant sterols in the world of cholesterol reduction. Yes. So these are naturally occurring in uh, many plant oils. And they are isolated and concentrated for the purpose of human supplementation. And when you take them at 1.5 to 2 grams per day with meals, they very efficiently lower bad cholesterol. So the prescription drug you'll take for bad cholesterol will lower it about 30%, whereas the plant sterols have been shown to do about half of that, about 15%. Okay, great. Well, there are also multiple studies at much lower doses, and that's really intriguing, really low dose plant sterols, again, having a very important clinical effect on BPH. That's good to know. You know, a lot of people suffer from both issues, so I guess two birds, one stone. Yeah. There you go, right? Yeah. The, the dose for BPH will be a little lower than will actually lower cholesterol, but again, widely used, been around a long time, safety not a concern, and has this effect on BPH. And I guess lastly, a really neat one, this is a very specific proprietary extract of rye flower pollen. Rye okay. flower pollen extract at a very, again, reasonable dose. That's the neat thing here. Like, hey, people have heard pumpkin seed is good for prostate. Yeah. Sure it is, but you need to hit 30, 40 grams. You're not going to go take that in a pill, right? Right. So, hey, some pumpkin seeds, that's a great idea too. But rye flour, pollen extract, multiple human studies, only giving about 80 or 90 milligrams of it a day. Really low dose. Again, very important clinical outcomes for relieving symptoms of BPH. And my understanding is our friends at New Roots have a product that combines all these, yeah? There are, there are several options available. If we have a little time, I really want to get back onto the topic of prostate cancer. Is that possible? Sure, let's discuss that. Just some education for men. So it's about a PSA. And generally, doctors won't offer running a PSA. A PSA is a blood test. It stands for prostate-specific antigen. The magic number is considered four. If your PSA is under four, you're generally considered to be okay. If your PSA gets over 
before we start having concerns that possibly the presence of prostate cancer. Now, many things can elevate DSA. If you find it elevated, it doesn't mean you have cancer for sure, not at all. I mean, if you like to ride a bike a lot, that can elevate PSA. Hmm. If there's any sort of physical trauma to your growing or rear end area, that can elevate PSA. So a urinary tract infection can elevate PSA. So it's not like the end all and be all, but it's a very important marker. Physicians typically don't want to bother measuring it till you're 50. I encourage anybody listening, as young as possible, get a PSA test. There is amazing, amazing human science that measured people's PSA in their 20s. So we said the magic number is four. If you have a PSA in your 20s of two, and now you're 60, and your PSA is five, that might not be a big deal. And it'd be really good to know what it was when you were 20. If you have a PSA of 0.2 in your 20s, and now you're 60, and your PSA is 3, even though it's below 4, you should be concerned about that. So number one, the younger you can measure PSA, the better. And then number two, if you get an elevated reading, I would do it right off the bat for everybody. Normally, they'll just do the total PSA, and then there's something called free PSA. You want to measure them both. First, they'll only measure total, and then they'll measure the other one if the total looks abnormal. When you measure both, you then get what's called the PSA ratio. And this is a really powerful indicator of the presence of prostate cancer. So you want the ratio to be higher. I'll give you specifics. So now you measure total PSA, it's five. Mm -hmm. You measure the free PSA and you got a ratio. If your ratio is less than 0.1, that is a 60% likelihood that you have prostate cancer. Wow. If your ratio is greater than 0.25, you have a 10% likelihood of having cancer, right? So it's just a little bit of knowledge for people. Go get your PSA checked. Don't just get total PSA. Get total and free, and you can just get online PSA ratio, and you will see these numbers. Can you authorize these as a naturopath, or do you need to go to an MD to get that test? Don't know. Naturopath can run this for you as well. And is this something that is covered by OHIP, or is this something that's going to be extra if you get this test? Anytime you get blood work through a naturopath, there will be cost for that. Of course. So if you want OHIP covered, you have to go to your GP. OHIP does cover this, yet sometimes we find the doctor says, well, I don't think you need it. Yeah, I know. I know. I understand But no, technically, OHIP should cover this, yes. So if a doctor recommends it, it's going to get covered. If you have to ask for it, though, and the doctor's neutral... Is that then become a charge or once you want? That depends on the specific physician. Okay. Some people will say, hey, no problem. Fine. I'll run it for you. Some people will say, I don't think you need it. So I'm going to charge you for it. Okay. And I mean, it's, it's maybe a $35 test. Yeah, no, I think it's worth doing, particularly if there's, you know, family history, right? So especially when there is, especially, and just that little advice we do it in our office all the time, convincing 20, 25 year old men to take $35 out of their pocket to run this. And I'll say, you know, you probably won't think about it, but when you're 50 or 60, you'll be really grateful you did this. 100%. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. This has been extremely informative and and very helpful for me as a male. And I hope our male listeners and even our female listeners who have male loved ones benefited from it too. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Jamie.